Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. So today, if you're tracking with us, it's going to be Saturday, late Saturday, or maybe Sundays when you listen to it. Uh, and it'll be August of 2019, and this is the final day of our our first themed week, where we had a week of lyric writing tools. Um, although it's only six. So if you're confused, yes, it's only six. Um, there will be none tomorrow, which is Sunday. And that is because I don't even know what Monday's podcast blog will be on, because obviously our normal schedule is every Monday, um, and I need some time to uh, prepare that and make sure that's all set. And um, yeah, so this is the final day of Lyric Writing Tools. I hope this has been helpful so far. And also, this is podcast number 40, which... Um, you know, at some point, intervals of 10 won't be a milestone anymore, and I look forward to that day, uh, but it still feels like a milestone every time we hit a new tens digit. You know, 30 was big to me, 20 was big to me, um, and 40 is no different. It's pretty exciting. It's going to be more exciting to hit 50 for sure, and then 100. 100 is going to be fantastic, but... Um, still exciting to hit 40 and for this 40th podcast, we're opening something new and that is the songwriter theory mastermind, which is a Facebook group. Um, so basically if you're interested in talking to other people that may or may not listen to this podcast or just other people who, um, are passionate about songwriting and all the things that go along with it, whether that be music theory or arranging or lyric writing, or writing melodies, writing, you know, chord progression, whatever it is. Um, other people who care about songwriting, uh, this group is for you. And I just created it yesterday and haven't invited anybody yet because uh, this is principally for you. Um, so the link it will be in the description, and it's just facebook.com slash groups slash songwriter theory mastermind, all one word. Um, and one thing on this is please try to be constructive. Now notice I didn't say positive. I said constructive. And that's because, you know, there needs to be, you know, people need the truth at, at some point, right? Like you don't want to be that person that somehow, you know, they end up on American Idol or whatever, and they can't sing, and then, and then everybody, you know, laughs at them, and and just, you know, you don't want to be that person, right? And the way to not be that person and to not be a creator of that person is to not lie to a person. So, basically what I'm saying is, you know, if somebody posts and wants feedback on a song, be kind about it. Be constructive about it. Don't be like, dude, you suck. Like, that's not, that's not helpful. Like say, Hey man, um, you know, say the things you like and say the things that you think can be improved. Like, you know, the melody gets, uh, uh, you know, didn't really keep my interest in the second verse or I feel like the second verse lyric is a little weaker. 
or, you know, I'm not in love with this course, it doesn't really stick out to me, whatever. But be constructive with it. Um, that's really my only main rule. Uh, besides that, invite everybody you know, for all I care. I, the more people, the merrier. Uh, I'll be in the group. I'll be participating as well with the discussion and commenting on your stuff. So it's a good way to have access to me as well. Um, I assume uh, that this will grow slowly. So I guess be patient with it because this podcast is still relatively new as well. Uh, but like I said, if you know other songwriters or other people interested in songwriting or music in general, feel free to invite them to the group as well. So I hope you join. Uh, for today's podcast, um, we are talking about open-endedness. And for me, the first thing I think about when I think about open-endedness is Inception. Um, because at the end, right, he spins the top and we, and then eventually, and then he sees his kids and kind of just walks away towards his kids. Um, and the camera zooms in or doesn't really zoom in, but focuses on the top at the end and then cuts out before we see whether it's going to fall or not. And it's an amazing ending, right? Like, it's a great movie that has an amazing ending. Um, and if your friend group is anything like mine, you spent a good while discussing whether or not that top was going to fall over. And, you know, there's, there's always the one guy that's like, ah, it started to wiggle a little bit at the end, and then I would retort, like, wait a second, it wiggled a little bit before then as well. Like, it seemed to wiggle and then even out, and then it wiggles again at the end, or wiggles maybe not the best word but you know what i mean um and really there's no answer right you can think about it and then and then you might have just been satisfied with the ending of the movie and thought wow what a great movie was probably going to be your conclusion before that top part if you just kind of let it go or if it dropped so that you knew this is reality but because he made the choice to leave it open-ended, it, asks a, it makes us ask a bunch of compelling questions we wouldn't have had otherwise. Like, the main character, does he believe that he's home in reality? Uh, does it even make a difference if it's reality or not? Because if he thinks it's reality, does it just become his reality? Where, like, you know... If we're all in a, in like it's sort of the matrix question, right? Like if ever if everybody's in the matrix, then you know what is reality? It's you know what I mean? Because like if the only reality you know is actually not reality, does that sort of make it reality anyway? And so it sort of asks that same question: Is perception reality? Why why does he not bother to watch the top until the end? Right, he just sort of leaves it. Is it just because he's distracted because he finally sees his kids and his love for his kids is so overwhelming that, you know, he, he just kind of forgets? Or is it that he doesn't care? Does he not care whether it's reality or not? Because his kids are here, wherever here is, and that's good enough for him. Um, <clears throat> is he choosing for this to be his reality, regardless of whether it is or not? Um and most importantly, in this reality, did Jack get on the piece of wood since there's clearly room for him? I know it's mixing movies, but seriously. Um, so we wouldn't have all those questions and interesting discussion points uh, 
if 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 it didn't end that way. We just would have been satisfied and then would have discussed all the cool stuff in the middle of the movie. But this is what leaves us with a lot of questions and makes it that much more interesting. And we can do the same thing with our music. And it can be something as simple as just not ending on a one chord. Um, which, if, if you haven't tracked with us, a one chord is basically whatever key you're in. So say you're in the key of G major, a one chord would be a G major chord. Um, so it's sort of that home base resolved sounding chord. You know, if you come to a grand finale of a song and it sounds super satisfying with that last chord ringing out, that's probably a one chord. Um, but you can not end on a one chord to sort of leave something so that it feels unresolved. Uh, so you can do it musically. Um, I like to do this a lot, especially in songs where it fits. Uh, you know, don't, don't do it every time and don't do it for no reason, but it's certainly a tool that, that you can use. Um, and you can also do it lyrically, right? Because it, it allows that, that discussion and room for interpretation, and it leaves the listener with questions. And you know what's better than a satisfied listener? A listener whose mind is racing with questions and wants to listen again to see if they can find the answer. Like, wait, wait a second. Wait, no, 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 I gotta, I gotta listen. That's better than a satisfied listener. Because a satisfied listener might be satisfied and then not remember your song. Um, but if they're left with questions and their minds racing like, wait a second, then they're gonna go back. They're gonna remember that song. And a great example of this is Two Lights by Five for Fighting. The song is about a man whose son is away at war. He hears that someone in his son's troop was down in a firefight, to quote the lyric. Um, but he doesn't know if it's his, if it's his son or not. Um, now, the real story behind the song is, is actually something that comes from a story that a fan told uh, Five for Fighting. And he sort of wrote a song off of it. Um, so this is based on a real story. And let's just dive right into the lyrics. Uh, so the first verse is, What is courage? Is it brave? What are lions? I've only seen them in parades. How is love supposed to read the footnote of history? What's a tap on your shoulder that you're afraid to look over? A soldier's down in a firefight. No one can look me in the eye. This is what it means to be alone. So... Main takeaway from that for our concerns today, because we're not talking about symbolism as we did some other days and some of the other things, is is let's just look at what we have in the story so far. So, so far, story-wise, we've really mostly just developed that a son, that, um, that a soldier's down in a firefight and no one can look the singer in the eye. Um is really the, the main takeaway. So a soldier's down in a firefight. Who is this soldier? And that's answered by the second verse, but let's look at the chorus first. Uh, Tear out my heart, feed it to lions. For this one wish, I beg you this tonight. Show me no mercy, but spare me my pride. I'm going for a drive. And if you find out he's coming home, when I come around the corner, I know that it's all right. Just leave me two lights. So if you find out he's coming home. So, it's, so here's where we start to realize, oh... 
this also explains the mental state he clearly is in that first verse as well, because it seems that it's somebody close to him. Because it is, in fact, his son, uh, which we're about to get into in the second verse. But the thing to really pay attention to here is, and if you find out he's coming home when I come around the corner, I'll know that it's all right. Just leave me too light. So it's been set up, right? He's going on a drive because he's got to sort of think to himself and, 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 you know, maybe be alone. Maybe he needs to deal with things by driving around. That's a good way to deal with things sometimes. Um, and he's saying to presumably his wife and the mother of the son, um, you know, if you find out that he's coming home, if you get the call that he's okay, um, you know, I'll know that everything's all right if you turn on two lights outside for me to see when I'm coming around the corner. So that's 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 what's really setting up the rest of the song. And then we go into the second verse. He was young, just 23, didn't have to go, but it was the man he wanted to be. Like every son, he was an only one. So now we officially know it is his son. One day he came to me, said, freedom's nothing to look over till each man can stand upon his shoulder. I'll write you mountains of letters, each one a little bit better. And no, I'll never be alone. So in the second verse, we get a little more background on the man's son. He was only 23. He wasn't drafted. And it wasn't like that was his only option to get out of a bad situation or anything. He chose to go and serve his country because he wanted to defend our freedom. He chose to go, even though he really didn't have to. After this, we get the chorus again. And then the bridge is silent angels light the road up ahead as the sentries guard the way on the avenue of borrowed time. And then the final verse, which is really the important part that we're trying to get to here. I'm almost home, the sun's to rise. I got to know I've been driving all the night. There's our corner up ahead. I'm alive and I am dead. I drive right through the stop sign. I turn my head as I lift my eyes. My eyes burn. And then it goes back to the chorus. Tear out my heart, feed it to lions. For this one wish I beg you this tonight. Show me no mercy, but spare me my pride. I'm going for a drive. Wait, so... <laughs> the son survived, right? Because his dad lifted his eyes and his eyes burned because he saw two lights, right? Or did his eyes burn because they're filled with tears? And why is he going on another drive? Is he going on another drive because things aren't all right? Because the lights weren't on? Because it seems like his driving habit is a, its something he goes for a drive to deal with his pain. So he shouldn't be feeling pain anymore. He should be feeling joy if the two lights were on, right? So you know, it's left open-ended. And before you say, oh, come on, his eyes burn is clearly a, you know the light's on. Uh, the songwriter himself said, no, it's, it's, it is meant to be open-ended. Although, for what it's worth, the real-life story he did find out later, uh, the son did end up being okay. Um, so, for what it's worth, in the real story, the son is okay. But he didn't know that when he wrote the song. So, um, this is just an example of, you know, it, it leaves you more things to think about. And it really, you know, a happy ending often has a way to sort of just make you feel like, oh, it's resolved. I don't have to think about it anymore. 
Uh, but this open-endedness sort of makes you think a little bit more, at least for me, especially, you know, oh, what would that feel like? You know, he's going for a drive. And it ends with that lyric, too, I'm going for a drive. So it really, for me, just just adds that new layer of of intrigue and, and interest in the subject matter and, and really thinking to myself, how would I feel in that situation? And even though I like darker endings, I do think this unsurvived at the end. But, uh, you know, let us know. You know what? Go join that Facebook group and let us know. Post in there. Say, he's alive or he's dead. What do you think? Um, but yeah, so I, I hope you've enjoyed this week of lyric writing. And um, I've definitely enjoyed doing it. It's been so much, so many hours after work. And uh, there were times I thought, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. But uh, got through it. And it's been fun. It's been enjoyable, even though it's been a lot of work for sure. I hope it was helpful to you. Um, and I hope that, especially with this last one, it, it, it leaves you a little more willing to have an open-ended end of your song. Um, whether that be lyrically or musically, it can, it can really leave the listener wanting more, uh, which is, in my opinion, maybe the number one best feeling to give a listener. Uh, is, or at least it's up there for sure. So again, go check out the Facebook group because, um, yeah, I just want to be able to discuss with you guys. And uh, I hope that you guys can all be able to discuss with each other and, and give each other some feedback and talk about music theory and arranging and all those sorts of cool things. And we can have an awesome group where... Everybody's helping everybody, and it will be awesome. So I hope you guys join. Thanks for listening to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you want to jumpstart your songwriting, be sure to download my free guide on 10 proven ways to start writing a song at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Whether you're brand new to songwriting or a seasoned vet, this guide will help you to avoid staring at a blank page wondering where to start. Even if you just want to figure out some different ways to start writing a song, this free guide is for you.